Welcome to Russia Radio, a... what is this one? Mega Man Retrospective Podcast. Mega Man Retrospective Podcast. Hello. (laughs) Welcome to Russia Radio, a Mega Man full franchise retrospective podcast. Sometimes I start a podcast by saying a podcast about XYZ. Sometimes it's I I have to start... This is an XYZ podcast. And I forgot which was which. For a second. This this is the bed you must lie in when you have five podcasts on the go at once and guest on multiple others. Yeah, well, if I stop being considered or perceived, I will die. Yeah, I mean, that's a mood. I, I totally understand, but also, you know, it'd be like <laughs> that. So we must continue. We are talking about two episodes of Mega Man today. I know it's a... Change of pace. Uh, we have episode 11, Cold Steel, which I think is that Wii game. And we have episode 12, Future Shock. Uh, shall we jump into Cold Steel? Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's jump right into, uh, into Cold Steel. Now, Cold Steel the episode, or Cold Steel the band, which this episode introduces as a concept. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of this as a sort of you know, caper for the uh, Mega Man Ruby Spears crew. Yeah. I was watching some episodes of Ruby Chibi this morning, and I just think that Mega Man Chibi would be, like, a fun addition to this show. Hell yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, I think it would probably probably be a fun replacement for this show. (laughs) This show kind of tries to be... Like, Ruby Chibi. Yeah, it is kind of a Mega Man Chibi. Do you know what is a really wild thing? While I was uh, getting these episodes ready to watch, I uh, was surprised to find when I typed into YouTube.com Mega Man Ruby Spears to find the uh, playlist where it's all just there, totally uh, mm-hmm. free of charge. There's a, like a, I, I, it's like, like a commercial or like a teaser for the show, but from the year before the show itself actually came out and the art style is massively different. It, oh, it's really? like a Mega Man chibi. Oh, is it from the OVA? Uh, let me... Hang on. Mega Man Wish Upon a Star? No, it's it's Mega Man Ruby Spears promo, it says. But yeah, it looks it's it's stylized very much like the OVA. Oh, yeah. This is This is good audio to take for the podcast. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Holy shit. This is like this is th- so. This voiceover is like. This is this is this has been shown. This was like made for show at like corporate meetings. 
Because this voiceover oh. is like talking about, you know, heightened awareness of boys a- among boys aged six to twelve. Like we're talking about <laughs> demographic shares here. A wow. per episode budget of three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> We didn't sync this up, so yeah, no, we didn't. Sorry, I'm watching this at different times. Do you do you, would it like I I was I wasn't expecting to do a live react to this. No, me but, either, uh, but it was good. Um, Mega Man. Mega Man. Mega Man. Cold Mega Steel. Man. Cold Steel. Cold Steel. This summary starts off with at a science expo, which I believe undersells the event. It is the Dr. Light Science Fair. Yep. <laughs> Not even, like, Thomas Light Memorial Science Fair, like, in the future. <laughs> I mean, like, he is still alive. He is still alive, <laughs> and he's running it, and it's about him. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, but it's not even like, you know, Dr. Light presents the uh, the New York State Science <laughs> no, Fair. No, it's, it's just his. It's the Dr. Light Science Fair. Mega Man and Roll meet Mary, a deaf girl with an acute sense for feeling sound vibrations. She makes such an impression on them that Roll offers the girl and her mom to join them at a concert later that day. That's very different from putting your hand on a on a boombox, I feel. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, you go to you go to some, you know, particularly this like sort of weird hair metal show that they're sort of trying to construct here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there are shows like that where you can definitely uh, you can definitely feel the at least the bass at a lot uh, a lot <laughs> more precision than if you were putting your hand on a boombox. But I don't know. I, I don't know. This whole this whole bit with the like very labored description of the uh, specific way in which Mary can't hear and how like all of that is it's a very peculiar energy to begin an episode on. <laughs> As you were saying just before the podcast, it has very after school special yes vibes. So to speak, it's it's something. Um, but then everything goes wrong at the show. Yeah. All of the attendees begin to file out like zombies or human robots, as some characters. <laughs> human call them. robots. Yeah, this is really the work of Doctor Wiley, who has created music that can hypnotize humans into doing his bidding. So, if you were doing the bingo card at home, check off the hypno. <laughs> card. Which is different from reprogramming, obviously, because it affects obviously. organics. Yeah. Meanwhile, Roll wants Doctor Light to listen to a song from the band at, a, at the concert. From the band at the concert on CD. That, come on, you could do <laughs> better there. And switches his. This isn't. Hang on, wait. This isn't. Meanwhile, this happens a long time after. <laughs> you know, something. Some quite important stuff happens in between. Like uh, Switch- so. Wait, oh, sorry, what were you going to say? No, you go. I was just going to say that, like, so we we get the science fair, we introduce Mary, we have this long, quite weird conversation between Mary, Roll, and Mega Man. Uh, Dr. Light talks about Beethoven a lot. Uh, and then they go to the concert. Cold Steel are there. Uh, Cold Steel are, like, actually, you know, I was sort of impressed at the level at which the robot masters that are pretending to be the band Cold Steel are disguised. Like, it's not just, you know, Cut Man in a funny hat. Yeah. They've all got, like, 
With the exception of, like, if you're expecting Sparkman, you can definitely tell that the drummer is Sparkman, <laughs> and Gyroman has his gyrocopter sticking out of his back. But, like, they've got, you know, full outfits and big wigs. Like, they're, they're whole character designs, right? Listen, it's not just... Who among us know. is not expecting Sparkman? <laughs> Nobody expects Sparkman. Nobody. But, um... But, like, it's just really funny to me that, like, the first shot of uh, Cold Steel beginning to play is Gemini Man, who has a gun for a hand, strumming a guitar. <laughs> like, <laughs> mm, okay. Like, the, like, Spark Man's little, uh, like, spark points, I don't even know what you would call those. Uh, they have, like, little dr drumstick ends. They look perceptibly like drumsticks. I don't really know what Gemini Man is doing with the gun hand, but, you know, he's doing it. Um. Anyway, meanwhile, while that's happening, Roll wants Dr. Light to listen to a song from the band at the concert on CD, and switches his classical CD with that of the band Cold Steel, which is the band at the concert on CD. Yes. Um. Little did Roll know that it was really Cold Steel's music that was hypnotizing all the people, and now Dr. Light was also hypnotized. The only human not affected by the trance music. That's different. That's a different thing. Yeah, trance music is a specific thing, Wiki. You can't just... <laughs> I love you, MMKB, but you can't just do that to trance music. Is Mary, and she helps Mega Man and Roll. So... Uh... As, as per usual, summary didn't really cut it this time. Yep, pretty bad, pretty bad summary. <laughs> so, uh, one thing that I really like is, so when uh, Gyroman, they, well, sorry, when Cold Steel start playing their music and it, it turns all the people into human robots and they, they go to this mountain to what we later discover is, you know, participate in slave labor or whatever. Uh, the, 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 the music has like a, a, a very strange effect on Rush which is due to some circuitry problem, which is not really explained, but it's it's made clear that he has. Dr. Light fixes it I thought halfway it, through the episode. I thought it was because dogs hear better than people, so his hearing was was picking up more frequencies. Maybe, but then does Dr. Light just, like, turn that off and yes. Rush is, like, okay with that, I guess? I guess. Okay, sure. But anyway, uh, the thing that's really funny is that Rush uh, is, like possessed to go up onto the stage meanwhile the the band are still playing and he like bites into one of the amplifiers and then like blows up into the air and lands in one of Sparkman's drums and then gyroman turns to look at it and it's like this this show's going to the docks and runs away i that delivery is really really funny <laughs> I, I know I say it every episode of this show, but I feel like once per episode, or maybe once every other episode, we get one of these one-liners that is just genuinely really, really funny. And this is this one for me. Yeah. I mean, if you if you load 17 pellets into a shotgun shell... Like... <laughs> one of them's got to make... Yeah, one of them's got to hit eventually. Uh, also, uh, the only problem with that one-liner being very good is that... Uh, as soon as like he says that and runs off stage to get changed into into Gemini Man, uh, Spark Man attacks Mega Man and then says, uh, "Mega Man is like Spark Man," and Spark Man says, "At your disservice," which 
completely ruins any <laughs> goodwill I had for the one-liners in this episode. What really bewildered me about this whole exchange where they... So they, the, the music hypnotizes all the people to leave. Mega Man gets up on stage while the band are still there. Rush destroys the drums. The band run away. They get changed into Robot Master outfits. Mega Man has a fight with them. The stage collapses around them. They leave... Uh, and then the, the Robot Masters change back into the band again, and Roll and Mega Man are like, mm hmm. Mega Man is like suspicious, but they still get away with it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I really was not expecting that. It was, again, one of those scenes in this show that just went on for a really, really long time, like way, way longer than I was expecting. Yeah, they, they just walk back out and they're like, oh, you really saved our butts there. Here's the CD. <laughs> yeah. And Roll's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> Here's a CD with one song on it because it's 1993. <laughs> Good lord. Also, it's a fucking thick ass CD. Yeah, it's a huge CD. It's like a like a plastic like kids toy kitchen version of a CD. Yeah, it's the it's the Easy Bake Oven of CDs. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the, uh, the the new Robot Master budget is through the roof in this episode. Only for this one, because the next episode we get none. I mean, we have Metal <laughs> yeah. Man. He doesn't even have eyes. <laughs> yeah, Metal Man's design in the next episode is real weird. It's very basic and so like easy to do, so they yeah. don't have to do anything. But yeah, so we got uh, Gemini Man, Gyro Man, and Spark Man the, as the members of Cold Steel. Uh, and I, I noticed that uh, in the in the chaos, like Meg, like Spark Man attacks Mega Man, Gemini Man shoots him, and then Gyro Man says, "Great job, Gemini Man!" And you know, Gemini Man says, "Thanks" or whatever. But uh, at no point does anybody say Gyro Man's name. And then later on in the episode, he dies. <laughs> yep. Rest in peace. So yeah, I guess this episode is like a weird sort of subliminal messaging in music scare thing. Mmm, okay. Yeah, they are kind of a, uh, like a metal band. Yeah, yeah, they're like a, you know, they're like a hair metal band, sort of all those, uh, you know, um, insinuations of like, you know, sort of rampant sexuality and Satanism and all that kind of thing that's going to mm-hmm. erode the good morals of the American youth. All that business. And if that doesn't work, give it a little bit and they'll switch to it to doing it through Dungeons and Dragons. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you got to have your uh, satanic panic somehow. So, uh, when, um, so there's this bit where, like, the, uh, the meanwhile, where Roll puts the, uh, the CD on so Dr. Wiley can hear it. Weirdly, she puts it in the boombox and Light. leaves it there. Dr. Sorry, yeah, Dr. Light. Sorry. She uh, she puts it in the boombox and just leaves it there so that when Dr. Light turns on the boombox, it will be Cold Steel and not uh, Beethoven, which is kind of weird, but okay. I just uh, want to say, thing... before that happens, yeah, uh, we do get our first beef montage. Wait, what? <laughs> we get a beef montage because after uh, Roll gets the CD, it cuts to Wiley in the Skulker... And he puts on this, this another CD on over the radio. Oh, and yeah. then we cut to the first group is a bunch of 
uh, construction workers on their lunch break eating sandwiches. And they're, they're still wearing hard hats, even though yep. they're at the... Uh, even though they're at lunch. They're yeah. at lunch. They're at the table together. They're yeah. sharing a meal together as a family. Yeah. And then uh, they get zomb- hypnotized, zombified, and they m- walk out. And then we cut to uh, a pier? A docks? Uh, where a bunch of more buff men are... <laughs> Hauling fish around and doing yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's right. just a whole bunch of more beef. <laughs> and Dr. Ryan's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Finally, I have weaponized the beefcakes. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, so that happens. Um, and then, so the next thing, like this with Roll in the CD, is that, uh, oh, that's what I was going to say, is that, like, We've talked about how, like, chaotic and loud this show is. And this episode, it really, really stands out because the the sting for people are being hypnotized and taken away to Dr. Wiley's labor camp is, like, the, the show's usual bad thing is happening. The, like, duh chord. But also with, like heavy metal playing over it because it's cold steel music that mm-hmm. is doing that and every single shot of people being robo hypnotized has this sting over it and like it happens like nine times in the episode and it is really loud every time yeah it kind of sucks to listen to yeah it's not great and like you know this show isn't fantastic to listen to at the best of times because the music goes so rapidly back and forth between mm-hmm. Mega Man is being cool, Mega Man is being owned, Mega Man is being cool, Mega Man is being owned. You know. Oh, Rush is doing something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rush gets his unique musical sting for if, just sort of warbling, I guess. If audio could have motion blur, then <laughs> the Movie Spears Mega Man cartoon would be the pre-patch Final Fantasy Type-0 HD of <laughs> animation. <laughs> I, I can't argue with that. That's completely true. That's completely true. <laughs> Thank you for joining me on the uh, fucking journey of a sentence. <laughs> so, uh, this thing that I was... Yeah, so, Roll puts the CD in so Dr. Light can hear it. But obviously, as we know, this would never... This wouldn't. This, this whole thing would never work. This contrivance would never work if Mega Man was in the room when Dr. Light heard the... Uh, the, the music, because Mega Man would simply say, Dr. Light, stop being a zombie, or, you know, <laughs> hug, it, hug it out or something. So, Mega Man has to leave the room somehow. How? He sees on a TV uh-huh. that a Navy destroyer is attacking the Golden Gate Bridge, which is like a joke existential threat you'd make up to poke fun at American TV. Now, here this raises some interesting questions. Um... Usually, when we see Mega Man see something happening and rush out to stop it, it is specifically Dr. Wily. He yes. only solves problems that Dr. Wily causes. <laughs> yeah, but so now, if the actual Navy were to rebel against the US, would Mega Man get involved? <laughs> but with no indication that that is the case, he sees a military operation <laughs> underway and... Mega Man is okay with and eager to 
subvert the will of the United States military and, <laughs> like, sabotage whatever they're doing. And also, it shows that he could fucking win. Like, Yeah, it he, would be, it would be trivially easy for Mega Man he to just, dis- like, he, did, he did it in the uh, the Lincoln Memorial episode as well, right? But like the idea that Mega Man could like at first will just respond to anything happening and on a whim <laughs> decide whether or not to stop it. And also on top of that, the fact that he is so powerful and so unregulated that he yeah. could rule the world himself. Yeah. Like, nothing Wily does is as devastating as Mega Man. Yeah, 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 definitely. Well, except for all the times that Wily does something that would clearly, like, alter the trajectory or, you know, balance of the world massively, and he just, like, doesn't. As we will see in the next episode. <laughs> but, like, you know, shrinking down entire cities and putting them in a, into jars to sell to art dealers. Like, there are so many other ends to that sentence that would completely change the, the you know, the course of history. But he doesn't do them. <laughs> I just... It was very weird to think about, like... Ah... Uh, <laughs> the, the the U.S. military is ha- is doing a thing, and I can go and stop it. But like, only if they're here. <laughs> I don't think Mega Man is getting like video footage of what the rest of the military is doing in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, true. Unless That's true. he is, and he's cool with it. <laughs> Yeah, this is a this is a very big question. This is a very open question. Is that where where Mega Man's jurisdiction begins and ends? You know, what can he see? What is he allowing to happen by an action that he is getting involved with this? I mean, I guess it's the same as saying, well, what's happening in all all over the world during any given Superman comic? Right. Yeah. Because every time. Superman is giving a speech in a comic, or like, what does Superman do? Motivate people, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, I assume occasionally punches. I, I think, uh, but like every panel that is do- showing that, uh, some other shit is happening that Superman could be addressing. But that's, that's just kind of a nowhere argument, because like obviously. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure the people who like Superman would tell you that that is not the point of Superman. Sure. But we could make it the point of Mega Man. That is our... Uh, we have that capacity. And indeed, uh, I'm pretty sure episode 12 will finish with uh, some discussion in this area. Because, uh, well, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, episode 12 is a good episode, in, in my opinion. Uh, just to bring this, this, this aside, crashing back to Earth, uh, as soon as Mega Man gets up and goes, you know, hops up on the rush jet to, uh, uh, you know, apprehend this U.S. Navy destroyer attacking the Golden Gate Bridge. The, the like, the whole, the, the way that the opening sting plays when Mega Man leaps into action happens way, way, way too fast in a way that, like, like the whole scene is over in, like, less than half a <laughs> second. I was like, what? And Mega Man is out of the scene, which I thought was pretty funny. Okay, so you mentioned that this is the Golden Gate Bridge. I did mention that this is the Golden Gate Bridge. 
So, okay, I need to, there's some weird shit uh, in this episode about the way time works. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, In that it shows, first of all, I just would, I'd just like you to know that from the Golden Gate Bridge to Mount Shasta is a four and a half hour drive. <laughs> Just wanted yep. to throw that one out there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but also in this episode, we we get a scene of Wiley shooting the signal all over Earth, and all around the globe, it is high noon. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I don't want to skip ahead because this scene on the bridge has the most ridiculous and unbelievable bits in the show so far. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, he's fighting the, the Navy ship, and he wins... And then the robot masters are there also, and he fights them, and they tie him up, and they throw him over. Oh yeah, <laughs> over the bridge into the water, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> we get a commercial break. We come back. Uh, Roll takes. Okay, so Rush had been shoved into a oil drum during that fight. Roll gets him out, and Rush. In the most, like, not even Scooby-Doo, in this scene, we are full-on, like, Tasmanian devil, right? (laughs) We're not doing, like, weirdly pronounced English words. We're just doing noises and pantomimes (laughs) and all these different things. And then Roll's like, I don't know what that means. And then Mary pulls out a book and writes in it, Writes down what Rush just said, yeah. Hands it to Roll, and Roll just reads it out loud, because she can read lips! Which apparently means that she can (laughs) read the lips of the robot dog who is not speaking English. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's a sort of, like, it, it, it hits you two ways at once, because, like... The whole, like, it reveals that, like, Mary's whole role in this episode is literally just to, you know, be a, a you know, uh, an uplifting inspiration for the main characters and also to just write down the stage directions for the next few shots when the characters forget what they are. And also, like, it's just, like, turning, like, uh, it, it turns her into a tool. For the yes, story. exactly, exactly. Uh, because she is hearing impaired, and that is what makes her have a function in the story. Yeah, and what makes it, it her, makes her like... able to understand dog. It allows her yes. to translate a gag into plot momentum. And it's like she's not going to come back in another episode. Obviously, yeah, that's no, not what this not. is. That, would, only... that would be ridiculous. <laughs> this episode specifically is written around her being able to help them solve this problem. And it's just, like, she as the, she has no worth to them or the world around them outside of that, because she is purely a tool to be used for this. Yeah, it's very, it's very, very strange. 
It's 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 like it's made additionally strange by the fact that like she doesn't like she doesn't talk to them and we don't see what she the way in which she expresses herself except by role reading it out of the book that she gives her. And that's the only time. I don't think she ever like yeah, yeah. conveys no, any sort of information. She hugs she that. hugs Mega Man at the end. She hugs Mega Man. She wanted his autograph at the beginning, and she yes. writes down what Rush says here and what Dr. Light said hours ago in another scene. And that's all yes. she does. She doesn't like try to convey any sort of like conversation or anything outside of her plot function. Like she is less, she's like substantially less characterized than the uh, the wayward teens that we had last yeah. week, which is impressive considering they were you know barely characterized whatsoever and just like a mouthpiece for how teens should you know buckle up and realize that there are more important things than being a wayward teen. Yeah, it's not good. It's yeah, I was yeah, that is certainly the case. I would almost call it bad. I think you'd be right to call it bad. The other thing, the the, the other thing about the scene is that uh, the gag with Rush, that's for me. That is the other belly laugh of this episode because Roll arrives on the bridge with Mary, and only uh, she gets Rush. She she hears Rush rattling around in the barrel. She gets Rush out of the barrel. And she's like, Rush, what happened to Mega Man? <laughs> And Rush turns around and immediately brains himself with the barrel as like, <laughs> in, in a, you know, sort of like three or four seconds later, you're like, oh, I see. He's miming what happened to Mega Man. That didn't really happen to Mega Man, but like it's sort of a rough analog. It's just so funny that like Roll asks him what happened and he picks up a barrel and smashes it on his head. Like, <laughs> okay, okay, Rush, you do you. Uh, anyway, we go immediately from this into uh, the most striking image of the episode. Yeah, I would probably, say. huh? Do you want to? Do you want to take us through this one? <laughs> so, Roll whistles for a cab. Um, not literally, but I just wanted to do the lyric. <laughs> and then Eddie shows up, and Eddie only refers to himself as Eddie. Um, and he sort of starts to adopt almost like a mothering uh, characterization in the scene. <laughs> and then goes into the water and opens up his head and partially ejects uh, an energy can <laughs> so that he can then put a nipple on it <laughs> and use it to feed Mega Man like a baby because Mega Man's tied up at the bottom of the ocean. And so we have to feed baby Mega Man his bottle so that he can be yeah, strong. So we watch as, as Mega Man suckles at a Smirnoff and then says, <laughs> and then says, talk about second childhoods after he breaks out of the wire he's been means. tied up in. So, I mean, I, Wikipedia says. That second childhood is a, a colloquial phrase. Hang on. Let's, let me, let me. I had this article up earlier, but I guess I lost it. An informal phrase used to describe adults whose declining mental capabilities mean they need care similar to that of children. An unscientific term similar in meaning to the terms dotage or senility. The current scientific term is senile dementia. 
wait, what? That's not that's not what I was expecting this to be at all. I assumed it was like, you know, after college you can't get a job, so you go back to live with your parents. Huh. Anyway, as as a pop culture oh, reference, well, the nearest thing Wikipedia has to offer is an app as an album from 1976. So the Google dictionary that comes up is says a period in someone's adult life when they act as a child either for fun or as a consequence of reduced mental capabilities. I see. So that, that seems that seems like a pretty wide gulf in behaviors, you know? Uh-huh. Also a weird pull for the script here. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, as I say, like, Wikipedia has nothing to offer on possible pop culture references this could be, so I guess it was just, like, fairly commonly said in the 90s? Who knows? I assumed that it was some sort of cultural reference from the 90s that has since been lost to, uh, to me, at least. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of cultural references from the 90s that have since been lost to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure... I'm sure the writer of this episode still exists out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, so that's a weird pull because it's either meaningless or, like, ableist. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe both. <laughs> um, yeah, a uh, weird episode. And then, so yeah. We go from here to the mountain, where Dr. Wiley is building a big, big antenna to broadcast cold steel all over the world. Uh, Dr. Light is there. Dr. Wiley's like, haha, now I have your genius. There is no force that can oppose me. And he's right about that, and still he loses. So, you know, you might want to think about <laughs> that To be one, fair, he Doc. didn't lose to genius. No, that is true. He, 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 yeah. He lost to Mega Man shooting his gun. Yep. <laughs> Funny how often that happens. Uh, if I were Dr. Wiley, I would remove Mega Man's gun. Dr. Light, uh, in his mind control stupor, refers to Dr. Wiley as your Imperial Eminence, which is like mm -hmm. some kind of Rushjet Radio prequel trilogy fanfic line, I think. What? Just like, I don't know, Imperial Eminence, like, like in Star Wars, uh. is where I was going with that. I see. Um, is that what our Proto Men episodes are going to be called? What, like in Star Wars or <laughs> Imperial Eminence? Because of oh, yeah, Doctor Wily being in, yeah, whatever. I was going to say, as a uh, like Proto Men pools go, the next episode is pretty heavily Proto Men. <laughs> I, you know what? I bet that I bet there's a reason for that. You reckon you reckon the Proto Men saw the Ruby Spears TV show? <laughs> well, I don't I don't believe that they read 1984. <laughs> you reckon you, <laughs> you reckon that the, the Proto Men's vision of dystopia <laughs> comes from episode 12 of the 1993 yes. Mega Man Ruby Spears cartoon. It comes from that and um I don't know. I didn't have a another pull there, but it's, it's, it's that, no, it's that in Sonic X. Okay, yeah. Is okay. that the one? Did I, is that the right one? Uh, no, Sonic X is the like two thousands one, right? You mean Sonic Underground? I think Sonic Underground. Also, if you type Sonic X in the Google, the first autocomplete is, uh, is Sonic X. Rated? Shadow. <laughs> oh right. Yeah, well, maybe right, it's just sense. for me. 
Yeah, actually, uh, that's uh, that's your recent searches, Nora. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, he gets the the aerial going. He's like, set it to fifty billion watts, which is enough to power thirty five million homes, and also <laughs> apparently broadcast a single audio signal all over the world. I want to be honest. I don't know the difference between watts, amps, and volts. Do you, Do you want to? <laughs> Do you know? Yes, it's my job. <laughs> oh, okay. Tell me about what. All right, so what? What's okay? So joule, the simplest oh, one joules is joules. Also, joules. Joules are the simplest one. Joules are a measurement of energy, right? So, like the amount of uh, the amount of energy that you would need, like ju- like joules are defined as the amount of energy that you would need to heat up a volume of water by some temperature. Because you define you define the simplest units in terms of the other simplest units. Uh, volts are probably the most complicated one. Watts are it's like it's literally just energy over time, as in, uh, uh, so it's a measurement of power. Like uh, a watt is some number of joules per second for a given time. So your house takes kilowatt hours, and that's uh, that's power sure. for an hour. Like if your if your computer pulls, example, a thousand watts. If you leave it on for an hour, that's a kilowatt hour, because a thousand watts for an hour. Okay. So, houses use about a thousand kilowatt hours per uh, month. I think I was reading about like how many how many how many houses fifty billion watts could power when I heard this line. And I, some someone said about, you know, someone said one gigawatt, which is a billion watts, could power seven thousand five hundred houses, which gives thirty five million for fifty billion watts. I my eyes are glazed over. What, <laughs> what is a, what's a what's a volt? Did you do volts? Volts are a. Uh, it's like a. Hmm. <laughs> The thing is, it's like it's about it's about electricity, and it's about the potential that uh, the 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 analogy people use is because you have two things in an electric circuit, right? You have voltage and current, uh, and <laughs> you can you can cut this whole thing. By the way, <laughs> this is like really really stodgy and boring. You can cut this whole thing. The uh, the analogy people use is uh, like uh, you think of it like a wa- like a pipe of water or like a like a channel of water I guess uh, the current is how fast the water is flowing and the voltage is how the height from which it, it flows. So when Colonel Volgan says that his body <laughs> generates ten million volts of electricity, yeah. So. High voltage basically results in more energy. Like if you get sh- struck by lightning, that's a very high voltage. It's also a decently high current, but not like it's mostly voltage. Like it's how much energy the electricity dissipates going through something. In that case, it's your body, or Volgin's body, or Snake's body. <laughs> so voltage and current can be different. They are different. I mean, like, one being big doesn't mean the other is big. They are related by the resistance of what the electricity is going through. 
Okay. Human bodies do not conduct electricity very well. They have very high resistance. So you need a high voltage to put electricity through one. So we're like lightning proof. Less lightning proof and more like lightning will explode your body. Oh no. I don't understand most of this, but thank you for telling me about it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, 50 billion, 50 billion watts is a lot, is the, uh, the takeaway. So how many volts is that? That will, that, that, <laughs> <laughs> Can you convert? What? You would need to know a lot of other numbers <laughs> to make that conversion. But, uh, it's kilowatt, kilowatt hours is, I believe, the, <laughs> the conversion that you want. Welcome to... Russian Radio, an amateur electrician podcast. I'm the amateur. I did this on my I did this on my uh, my live stream once. Someone was like, "This this this mech thing. How does uh how does fucking you know centrifugal force work with this mech?" And I was like, "I'm glad you asked." And I spent twenty minutes explaining how <laughs> centrifugal force works in Zone of the Enders. Hell yeah. So yeah, 50 billion watts is a lot. Uh, this episode's really fucking loud. Mega Man shoots everyone, they lose. Uh, mm. Particularly funny is that the robot master fight in this one is Mega Man fires like one shot and everyone else just fucking slams into each other. It's like <laughs> that uh, that Mario Party gif where Luigi yeah, stands perfectly yeah. still and also, everyone else just runs off the top of the mountain. And with this we say goodbye to Gemini Man who never once did his whole thing. Yeah, Gemini Man never does his Gemini Man thing. Why did they put him in the episode? <laughs> That could have been anybody. <laughs> like, come on. You didn't even need a third. You could have had Gemini Man be a band by himself. Yeah, it's true. That would have been good. That would have been really good, actually. Uh, is there When's Capcom else? gonna, like, fucking 300 episodes into this, Capcom's gonna hire us to make a Mega Man TV show, and it's gonna be fucking great. Oh, I hope so. I got new ideas for Iceman. <laughs> we're gonna uh, we're gonna win back the uh, the core classic Mega Man fans by publishing our you know bold new Airman design, which is not horrifying and it just <laughs> looks like the original Airman design. Is that it for this episode? Uh, that's all anything? I've got for this episode. This episode is really fucking loud. There's the and last thing that happens is Mega Man takes Gyro Man and Spark Man's power at the same time. Yes. Uh, oh yeah, do, do you want to do like trivia for this episode? or? Right, so the, our first three our first several trivia uh, entries have citation needed next to them in red text, so take these with a little grain of salt. Lead singer Mark McGrath of Sugar Ray is rumored to have voiced Sparkman in this episode. Citation needed. A lot of citation needed on this uh, section. The music played by Cold Steel was later reused in an episode of Billy the Cat, namely Billy's Last Chance. I don't know what Billy the Cat is. Yeah, me neither. Billy the Cat is a TV show. It looks not very interesting. Do we have to do a podcast about that now? No. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I went to bed at twelve thirty last night. Um, 
And then I went had to be at work at six. Um, that doesn't sound very fun. It was not very fun. Also, there is a rumor that a member, or maybe multiple members, of the rock group Mr. Big may have supplied a voice or voices of another character. There you go. This is also due to each of the three exclusive Robot Masters having seemingly different voices throughout the episode. For instance, Gyroman is normally played by Gary Chalk. I guess he's going to come back. Oh yeah, I guess he comes back, damn. But when he's in his rocker disguise, his voice changes to Jim Burns, also a musician, as he sounded on the television series Wise Guy, citation needed. Gemini Man is voiced by Tony Sampson towards the start of the episode, and Gary Chalk plays Sparkman towards the end. I think this is reading too much into this. <laughs> the episode's plot is very similar to the episode Cold Slither from the G.I. Joe animated series. <laughs> Mary's mother is voiced by Louise Valance, who I, I don't know who that is. Did we talk? Is this one of those people from the last episode? I don't think so. I think so. Oh, okay. Maybe. I think she might be. Um. Anyway, I'm closing this tab about Colonel Morgan. One second. <laughs> Remember the Alamo. <laughs> My body carries a charge of over 10 million volts. Mega Man uses both Gyro Man and Spark Man's weapons after copying them. In the games, this is impossible, as he can only equip one Robot Master weapon at a time. I, I uh, while I was skimming this uh, page before we recorded, I saw this one trivia bullet point, and I laughed because it's the most, the most quintessentially wiki editor <laughs> thing to notice about an episode. Just sitting there watching this patently insane TV show, and they, Mega Man copies two powers, and you're like, Mega Man can't do that. <laughs> The last thing I want to say is that it's hard to say Gyro Man because when I read it, I really want to say Euro Man. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, probably. That's it for Cold Steel. Uh, we are now moving on to Future Shock. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Oh, Mega Man. Yeah, so, Future Shock. Dr. Light has created a time machine. It's called the Time Egg. Dr. <laughs> Wily has learned about it and plans on taking it for himself, attacking his laboratory. Mega Man stops Wily's robots, and as Wily wasn't managed to obtain the time machine, he decides to destroy it. Mega Man Just pushes like a, Light. Su surprisingly level-headed decision for uh, yeah. Dr. Wily to decide that, well, if I can't steal this technology, it's much too dangerous for anyone else to have, so I should destroy it. Uh, Mega Man pushes Light into the machine and sends him one minute into the future, or so he thinks, to save him from getting hurt in the scuffle. But when this time machine returns, Dr. Light is missing. Not knowing that Dr. Light had fallen from the machine before it traveled, Mega Man and Rush jump into the future to search for Dr. Light and arrive 30 years into the future. Because Mega Man wasn't around for all those years, Dr. Wily took over the world, and during his search for Dr. Light, the time machine is taken by Wily's robots. 
Now Mega Man has to save Roll, and an aged Dr. Light held in a wily owned prison and find a way to get back to the past with his only help coming from a young girl and her uncle. Which, so, that last phrase is a hyperlink that sends me to, um, other characters, parentheses cartoon series. Annie and Uncle Jet. Yep, there they are. So, uh, first of all, Back to the Future 2 episode, pretty cool. Has the hover skateboards and everything. Yep. I dig it. Uh, so, Metal Man's in this one. He uh, throws his metal blade around. Really annoyingly, however, all of his like puns, all of his pun one-liners are all on the word buzz. None of them are on metal. Your name is Metal Man, not Buzzman. <laughs> I know you have buzz saws, but you can't do it like this. He doesn't even do saw puns. I know, right? Uh... Also, so, uh, I'm just on this page of list of Mega Man Ruby Spears original characters, and I've been <laughs> reminded about Brie Ricotta. <laughs> Brie Ricotta. Cheese, cheese. Uh, cheese, cheese. There she is. There's Dr. Petto. Yep, Dr. Petto. And uh, Mr. Fister. Yep. Dr. Fister. <laughs> Do- uh, Dr. Mr. Fister. Ew. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Mr. Fister was my father. <laughs> uh, right, so um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, so this initial scuffle with Metal Man uh, when Doctor Light, like as soon as they were like Doctor Doctor Light was like, I've made made a time machine. I was like, oh god, this episode's going to be dense, and it was. Uh, there's Metal Man cuts down like a metal beam to uh, land on Mega Man, uh-huh. and Roll is like, get up, Mega Man, and then it like extreme close-ups to Roll's face as she's like, get up! I just thought the, like, an extreme close-up on Roll just telling Mega Man to stop being owned was really funny. Mega Man also (laughs) gets out of this scuffle by shooting into a ventilation grate on the wall, and it, like, bounces around in the grate and back out and hits Metal Man in the face, which is like, wow. (laughs) It's elaborate. Yeah, it's, yeah, you know, it's cool. It, It works. Um, and then Dr. Wily, like, Proto-Man gets out this extremely elaborate bazooka to shoot out the time machine with, and uh, Mega Man's snap reaction is to push Dr. Light into the time machine and send the time machine one minute into the future, which happens very quickly. Uh, and then this, you know, as you were saying, this, like, episode's, uh, you know, momentum is that Mega Man thinks Dr. Light is stuck in the future, but or the past maybe, but he's not because he was in some rubble nearby. This strikes me as one of the first plot contrivances in Mega Man Ruby Spears that definitely did not happen and could not have happened. <laughs> like, he pushes Dr. Light into the time machine. He closes the time machine. He does not close it. It activates and it. vanishes. He does not Sorry. close it. Hmm. I'm watching it. She's shooting the gun. Pushes him in. Shoves, pulls the lever. Runs away. It does not close. Okay. Which seems. I, I definitely watched this scene two or three times. But, it uh, seems like having an open air cockpit on your time machine would be bad. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Just thinking about how air works. Where's the shot? There it is. Fucking! I for some reason like Proto Man has a gun. Like, why does he have this bazooka? <laughs> so he can shoot the time machine. I guess. 
Oh yeah, you're right. It doesn't <laughs> close, but it does fully like what Doctor Light is in it, and it does fully vanish before the missile hits it. And yet somehow Doctor Light is thrown out of it by an explosion that didn't hit it because it isn't damaged. <laughs> uh huh. It's like correct. It, it, all of these facts are correct, and yet it happened. Yeah, it really makes you think. I guess just like this really stuck out to me because it would have been. It, I don't know it. Given this picture that we're sort of building of what the writer's room of Mega Man Ruby Spears is like, although today we learned that they, you know, well, they got some of $300,000 an episode. Uh, like this picture that we're sort of gradually building of what the writer's room is like, it's so weird to me that they went for this when so many other extremely low effort resolutions to this conflict exist. You know, you could have put Dr. Light there in so many other ways and they just didn't. They just went for this one that like I say, definitely did not and could not have happened. I think that the real answer here is that all of these things that we've said are true, and yet it still happened. Which yeah, points absolutely. to the influence of the hand of the creator <laughs> on the lives of Mega Man and his family. Absolutely. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, stepped in and worked miracles today. Yeah. He said that, uh, Thomas, Thomas Light, you will be my avatar. Doubting Thomas Light. <laughs> anyway, uh, the time machine, uh, much like how in Warhammer, uh, to sp- travel through space, you go through hell or whatever. Yeah, there's um, like a weird, like, warp thing. There's like a rainbow tornado in the background it seems that uh the time machine makes use of pride uh and you have to travel (laughs) through pride to uh get to the future where as as set up in episode one dr wiley running the world just means his face is on everything Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's great. It's 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 Back to the Future too. Like uh, the the bad guys, <laughs> the bad guys' faces suddenly on everything. You know, it's it's it's. I I think it's really funny. Like uh, it's good, especially like because we've got this dystopia, but the sort of te- children, like very children's, very Saturday morning cartoon show, doesn't really have the emotional range to do the whole dystopia thing. So you have like sort of wayward kids like spray painting glasses on posters of dr wiley like (laughs) dr wiley's a bozo uh and like then there's like a judge dread robot like shooting (laughs) like shooting a mega man and quoting like long legal code violations and the sentence related to them i just want to say that this is in the alleyway behind a casino as just another yeah uh, back to the future element in play here um i i honestly think that this purple robot is more an influence on the proto men than the actual sniper joe (laughs) like this is this is what they are describing in keep quiet i guess so huh we gotta do those apps someday (laughs) (laughs) um also treble is here Little little future cameo. Ah, uh, yeah, of course. You got a purple robot dog. That's trouble to me. Yeah, that's trouble to me. Um. So Mega Man is a comic book in the future. 
but it, distributing those comic books is illegal. Is illegal. It's unclear who's making them, but nobody believes that Mega Man was a real person thirty years ago. Yeah, I Which, was uh, I was struggling to sort of reckon with the way Mega Man talks about, like, there's a part where it, what was her name? Is it Annie? Yeah. Annie is talk yeah, Annie is talking about stuff Mega Man did in various issues, and Mega Man's like, What did I do in that issue? And I wasn't quite able to get a handle on whether Mega Man knew this comic book was in production or not. Because <laughs> um, like it, it absolutely seems like the kind of thing that would definitely really exist in the present day in Ruby Spears Mega Man. Oh for sure. Oh, I was just gonna say uh, I have a lot of weird pauses where I can't think today because I'm very sleepy. Yeah, that 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 is fair. I think. <laughs> um. God, what was I just saying? <laughs> it's, it's not clear. It's not clear who's making right. the Mega Man comics. It's illegal to distribute them. People don't even remember that Mega Man was a real person before. Yeah, nobody else believes Mega Man exists. Obviously, Which... Doctor Wily remembers him. To be fair, 30 years is a long time. It's enough for Gundams to fall into myth and <laughs> new types to be forgotten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone should watch Gundam F91. <laughs> uh, so, the, so, yeah, so we like established this sort of like Back to the Future 2, Robocop, Judge Dredd-esque future. Uh, Mega Man owns this security robot, but it reports to Dr. Wily that Mega Man is, uh, Mega Man's here, and he's, uh, you know, he's gonna do some, some wrecking. Uh, Dr. Wily sees this, and he's like, Mega Man is back after 30 years, and, like, that, and, uh, and Proto Man's like, huh, this is about to get interesting, and, like, that exchange, and also when the Robot Masters turn up to fight him in the street, really underscores how little they do with the fact that Mega Man has been gone from the world for 30 years. Like, Dr. Wily seems to not have noticed that... Me well, it's not that he didn't notice, but he's like... of Like, he sees Mega Man in the future, and he's like, of course, Mega Man must have taken the time machine 30 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Meanwhile, he has captured and imprisoned Dr. Light and Roll, and like... Uh, the absence of Mega Man is sort of like Dr. Wily sort of took it as I guess some kind of happy accident that he's not really searched for an explanation for or indeed insurance against mm -hmm. yeah and so e everybody gets like very cursory I haven't seen you in 30 years but we'll make no more jokes and or lines about it than mm. that I think they just wanted to draw some future shit and didn't well, really want to Right about it. This is the other thing, right? Is that like <laughs> the the fight when by the way, very annoying, Mega Man says Gutsman and then Gutsman says Gutsman. I'm the I'm the new improved Gutsman. <laughs> uh, after, after like right next to each other, very annoying. Uh, that fight, there's nothing unique about it at all. Like there's like a different color to the buildings maybe. Oh, and there's a monorail. The monorail is frightening. That's what that's the future shock. Mega Man gets electrocuted by a monorail. And that's, and like, it. The thing that changes Everything... is that uh, Metal Man and Guts Man, because even though this is 30 years apart, it's the same map, so we've got to use the same characters. <laughs> yep. Guts Man picks up a 
street light, which has a few more circuits inside it than usual. And he twists it around. And then Mega Man is on a 2x4 that he uses as a lever to, like, launch Gutsman. Yeah. That's the fight. Yeah. Like, Mega Man is in some brief peril being electrocuted by a monorail's monorail, but then the Annie and Uncle Jet come by on their flying car, which, by the way, like, flying around stuff is very much already happening in the present day in Mm -hmm. Ruby Spears' Mega Man, and they rescue him, and then they go to Dr. Wily's fucking prison island, which, again, could could have been pretty cool, but isn't. Uh, (laughs) I don't... Sorry, you go. I don't think anything in this show is ever going to be cool. No. No. It's just, like, it's weird how much, like, it's weird how much potential they give up, I guess. Like, uh, it would take very little effort to make parts of this pretty cool. And, like, that that's the thing, right? Occasionally it is funny. Occasionally it can be kind of cool. So, you know, it's a shame that the rest of the time there's just, it's just so, there's just so much happening. And, and yet none of it really achieves anything. I guess. Yeah. It's apart from reminding you that the Mega Man brand property exists. Here's another thing that I wanted to touch on. Mm-hmm. When I first saw this show years yep. and years ago, I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, Oh gross. Look at how muscular Mega Man is. Oh, I don't <laughs> like that. He's so lanky. I am uh-huh. so desensitized to this version <laughs> of Mega Man. <laughs> I am just this is Mega Man to me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When I'm when I'm playing Mega Man three, that's what I'll be seeing. Like the sprite just represents the human gross Mega Man. And we're not going back to to squat Mega Man anytime soon. Like Battle Network is basically twink.exe, right? Like <laughs> yep, everyone absolutely. there is very skinny. Yep. Except for like the ones with the big barrel chests, like guts. Well, yeah, that's it. But it's uh, it's it's everyone is very skinny, but they have big circles drawn around the big parts of like their their hands and or chests and or legs or whatever mm-hmm. you know. Right. Uh, their core is is skinny. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> what? <laughs> Would you like to see what Gutsman looks like in fully charged? I would love to see that. Here you go. It's in the Russian radio chat. That's Gutsman. That's not Gutsman. That's Gutsman. <laughs> not my Gutsman. I'm cancelling this Gutsman. This is a toy. That's horrible. This is a Gutsman I toy. I hate that. If someone... If, if you hadn't just told me that was Gutsman, if someone, like, gave me that as a gift and was like, it's Gutsman, I would be like... No, it isn't. <laughs> this is a joke you are playing on me. Also, I'm going to give you this Street Fighter thing, and you tell me what character this Gutsman skin is. Oh, that's... I I feel like it's... No, is it Ryu? Is it Ryu? I feel, I feel like it's Ryu. It's a great question. Oh, no, Ryu was Ryu. No, was Man, obviously. this is Balrog. Ah, okay, yeah, it's Balrog, okay. Airman was Rashid, and uh, someone, maybe Karen, got to be uh, Royal Casket? Uh, The article for this image on Rockman-Corner 
is like three sentences long, and then underneath the image of Gutsman as Balrog is Gutsman's ass. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. I'm still waiting. We're still waiting for Gutsman's ass. <laughs> it's coming. Oh, I guess it was Sakura that got to be Royal Casket. Is that the Legends role? Yeah, that's Legends role. Oh, yeah, there it is. Gutsman's ass, huh? I think... Let me just look at it again, just to double check. Not Gutsman's ass. Uh, I think <laughs> Royal Casket is kind of not as good a design as the other roles. I think that's uh, that's wrong, and we're going to have a fight about that on the, well, <laughs> the Mega Man Legends podcast. We're not going to have a fight, that's for sure. <laughs> she looks like a Lego. Is she a robot? Honestly, I have no idea. Uh, I've played a tiny amount of Mega Man Legends ages ago. My understanding so. of Mega Man Legends it is is that it's the the fusion ending of Mass Effect 3, where, like, everyone is oh. is both organic and synthetic. I don't know if that's it's, true. It's like, it's it's Wind Waker, right? Is you know, that, yeah. you know, the world is covered in sea. It's, well, like, way, way after everything else. Like, my impression had always been that post, like, ZX, because in ZX they were starting to integrate organic and synthetic, like, people into into like fusions and like into new gestalt beings uh and my my impression was always that by the time of legends like the distinction between human and robot doesn't exist but i could be totally wrong i'm very excited to explore that as we get further into the canon of uh mega man games it's just the vibe i'd always gotten I i don't know anything about legends um So, uh, the rest of this episode, then. Uh, they go to the prison island. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The, when the Annie and Uncle Jet re- rescue Mega Man from uh, the monorail, that was the point at which it really struck me quite how unsettling Annie's face is. Like, uh-huh. It's a little... She's f- frightening. <laughs> her, all of her things are a little bit... All of her facial features are a little bit spread out. And also, her voice actor emotes quite a lot, but her face doesn't. At yes, all. her face is kind of like when I first started making rooms in RPG Maker recently, <laughs> where I would make the room the size of the map and make it like a big square, and then fill everything in, rather than having a smaller square inside of a void. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, so I go to the prison island. Mega Man gets, uh, the, yeah, that's it. Mega Man's like, how am I going to get inside the prison island if they're going to shoot me? And then he's like, I know how. He says, you'll never get Dr. Light out of the prison island. And Mega Man says, if I can't get him out, I'll get myself in. And his brain genius plan to get inside Dr. Wily's prison island is to get arrested. It works. It, it, yeah, it absolutely works. Quite how this never makes it back to Dr. Wily is beyond me. But Getting captured on purpose always works. That is true. That is true. So he gets captured on purpose. He gets put in the same. Yes, he gets put in the same cell block as Roll. Roll's like 
Mega Man, I haven't... Uh, wait, you can't be real. You're not the real Mega Man. And Mega Man says, your favorite game is Star Breakers or something. Sky Warriors? Sky Breakers? Uh, anyway. Oh, Sky Breaker is funny because of Brandon Sanderson. I believe you. I, I, <laughs> I have no choice but to believe you. <laughs> Mega Man is a skybreaker. That, I'm just sending that out to all of the Sanderson heads who listen. <laughs> <laughs> so Mega Man's a skybreaker. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. and your favorite band is something and the the Jimmy Fallout and the Atomic Warheads or something. And Roll's like, wow, it is you. Uh, I haven't seen you in 30 years. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing about what my life has been like in the 30 years that your absence led Wiley to take over the world. Oh, well. Also, uh, I will say, Wiley and Light seem pretty old. Yeah, I, I especially like that they signal that, because it's been 30 years, right? I especially I like that they signal that uh, Dr. Wily is old by drawing him basically the exact same way, but his hair is saggier now. And he has more wrinkles. Yes, he has, yeah. yeah. But Roll has a new version of the robot, like... Uh, accessory creator arm that she usually yeah, has, where yeah. she man- materializes a skillet out of light um, that then forms in a metal, and then she uses it to knock out the guards, except the guards are robots, so white is hitting in them in the head, knock them out. <laughs> That's where they keep their circuits, Nora. <laughs> uh, their circuits, gotta, I see. Gotta jostle their circuits, gotta sizzle their circuits. Yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Uh, so two things I really like about this scene sorry a few things I really like about this scene there's more than two Uh, Roll's like Mega Man's like don't worry we're going to escape and Roll's like that's typical Mega Man you never know when when you're licked which has never happened Mega Man has never once been beaten on this show uh and then Mega Man's ruse voice is just like a weird French accent for some reason. And then the guards, I, I just really love the prison guard's voice. Like, I, I was really upset when the prison guard says, like, one line and then gets conked on the head by Roll's laser skillet. Uh-huh. But then, like, two more turn up with the exact same voice. I was like, great, we're going to get some more lines from this guy because I absolutely love his... Uh, it, 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 it's just so funny. I, I don't really know why, but, like, as putting on a voice goes in this show. This one really stuck out to me. It's funny. Yeah, it was. It stuck out to me because I was watching at 1.5 speed and it is absolutely unintelligible at 1.5 speed. <laughs> um. Yeah, that, that's, that's a really good bit. Uh, and then they're like, we got to get the time machine back from Dr. Wily. And uh, they so they go do that. And like, the, they go to where the time machine is being kept. They're like, there it is. Mega Man gets in it, starts getting ready to operate it. And then a bomb explodes. Dr. Wily appears and he's like, aha! And uh, a, a door opens up and all the robot masters are there. And like, it's the most Dr. Wily thing in the world. To have a time machine, mm-hmm. and instead of using it 
to alter the past and make it so that he has no way of losing whatsoever. Instead, use and trap it as bait to make <laughs> Mega Man fight his robot masters, who at this point are like 0 and 20 at beating Mega Man in fights. They just can't do it. Listen. We have the new and improved Guts Man, and we have Kung Fu Cut Man. I think we got this. We do have Kung Fu Cut Man, and Kung Fu Cut Man, in the, th- the 30 years since he last fought Mega Man and crew, has, I guess, slacked so hard that he gets owned by Toast. <laughs> <laughs> and then Metal Man has Spurs, which I'm pretty sure that's Quick Man's deal. Yeah. Uh, and uses them to roller skate at... Mega Man and then die. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mega Man takes his cutters to own Guts Man, of course, and then he goes away. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, they, he, they, 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 they destroy everyone. Right, because uh, they, Proto they Man. S- Sorry, yeah, yeah. You got it. Proto Man stops Wily from killing Mega Man. Yeah, because I have to do it, which again he has never once succeeded in. <laughs> I respect the drive. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, you know the. Uh, it's sort of, I guess, if Proto Man is, you know, like it fits that if Proto Man is going to be in the position he is in this show, then his uh, sentimentality for Mega Man is going to be what undoes Doctor Wily's otherwise quote unquote watertight plans. Unattainable dreams are the best kind. Exactly. Uh, so they get the time machine out. Uh, Doctor Wy- Doctor Doctor Light fixes it. Uh, they all get out, and uh, I thought at this point I was like, "Wait, what? They are all getting in the time machine at once. Mega Man is going to take these people back to his own time, but he doesn't. He takes them to somewhere else in the city, and then says, "Don't worry, everything will be fine once I go back in time and stop Wily from taking over the world." You know, whether any of these people will exist in that timeline is sort of left unsaid but uh you know i mean if they don't cease to exist then they will just live in this world forever like as a parallel timeline. Right. exactly and it will be real bad <laughs> uh-huh. because the only person who could help like he doesn't undo any of the like structural uh injustice that these people are facing he just uh leaves and hopes that it'll all be fine again and then and then we close out the episode on Mega Man looking at the camera and say, that stuff will never happen. Yeah, the future where we lost and Wily won will never happen directly to camera, which is absolutely hilarious because at this point, I think Mega Man X is... Has it come out by 94? Yes. It's like 93, Mega Man right? X is Yeah, yeah, 93. So yeah, the world where the world where Wily won and the world is shit actually did happen. <laughs> I'm just trying to find if that's also, uh, January '94 in North America. Hmm. So yeah, this uh, Ruby Spears aired in late '94, right? Yeah. There you go. So yeah, that was a funny joke even then. It's like that future will never happen. Ripple effect, flash forward, 2,000 years later, there's a cyber elf war. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, uh, fucking, you know, you have this... Uh, I mean, I guess... It, I, I Actually, I'm not sure what the the actual timeline for going from classic Mega Man to Mega Man X is. It probably wasn't 30 years, I'm, but it would be funny a- if we cut back to the future and these people were like, I wonder if our lives are about to improve, and it the sort of... 
timeline changes to them being killed by Mavericks or whatever. If I remember correctly, Mega Man 1 is 2000X, Mega Man 2 on is 20XX, and then Mega Man X is 21XX. Okay. I think that's true. Uh, I could certainly simply type Mega Man timeline into Google and see what happens. We're going to need to develop opinions on this timeline, by the way. We're going to need to figure out what, you know, which parts of it are Rock cowardly. became Mega Man on May 25th, 2000X. Which, is that Star Wars Day? May 25th? Isn't that... Yeah, May 25th is start is the day that A New Hope came out. Oh, right. Okay. Um... Mega Man 2, 2000X. Mega Man 3, 20XX. Um, and then we, if I go back and I click... Uh, Mega Man X... Is in the 22nd century. So, 21XX. 21XX, yeah. Uh, Mega Man X began in June or July 4th, 21XX, according to the Journal of Dr. Kane. Fair enough. Um, we should do. We should decide who our, who our obituary is for. Real quick, I just want to say, Zero is a few centuries later, ZX is a century after that, and Legends is several thousand years later. Right, okay. Um, so, that's fun. Trivia for Future Shock. In the future, Mega Man has a comic book called The Adventures of Mega Man. Coincidentally, there's a Brazilian comic, uh, New Adventures of Mega Man. Huh. Mega Man says Roll's favorite video game is Sky Blasters, and her favorite rock band is Captain Fallout and the Atom Smashers. Captain Fallout and the Atom Smashers. But Atom is like the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like A-T-O-M. Uh, Annie and her Uncle Jet are voiced by Caitlin Stewart and Michael Donovan, respectively. There, there you go. go. That's it. <laughs> There's your fucking trivia. <laughs> um, wow, these are these these links to like shuffle through the episodes at the bottom of the pages are just completely broken. Mine are going all over the place. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to quickly see if, uh, like, if well, Gyroman actually turns up again, or if, Meg- like, that. I'll tell you right now that Metal Man doesn't come back. We could do Metal Man. Could do Metal Man. God, it would be great if this 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 section of the wiki wasn't just total shit. Uh, we could do Metal Man. That's that's that sounds fine. Okay. I, I I like Metal Man. I would I would happily eulogize Metal Man. It's your turn this week. It is my turn. You're right. In that case, what uh, what song are you going to put over this one? You'll find out when it goes up. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Metal Man was a robot master from Mega Man 2. He was the first robot master built by Dr. Wily, created specifically for combat, for his revenge against Mega Man. Wily, Wily based Metal Man's design on Cut Man, 
His special weapon was the metal blade, which are large, razor-sharp, circular saw blades made of ceramic titanium that he could throw at high speed with deadly accuracy. His lightweight design also granted him high agility, but because of a design flaw, he was particularly vulnerable to Mega Man's Mega Buster and to his own metal blades. Whilst he was a quick and efficient worker, he possessed a dry wit, having something of a reputation amongst his colleagues for being sarcastic and often untrustworthy. Directly relating to his skill with throwing his blades, he enjoyed playing with frisbees in his spare time, <laughs> but disliked it when dogs got in his way by catching them. <laughs> uh, if that happened to me, I would simply throw a, a saw blade for my next frisbee. <laughs> When Dr. Light saw Metal Man for the first time, he remarked that he was the dentist of the future. <laughs> Metal Man was most infamous among players for being killed with two hits on the no and one hit on the normal difficulty from his own weapon when fighting him for the second time in Mega Man 2, which was added as a secret trick to make the game more captivating. <laughs> also, a glitch in the Game Boy game Mega Man 2 can leave Metal Man stuck in the walls, making him harmless. It's just like that quote, the dentists of the future will call themselves metal men. <laughs> Damn, Metal Man is one of Keiji and Afane's least favorite bosses in Mega Man 2 because he is too easy, as he said in a 1996 interview with Famitsu. Doesn't like dogs. Does not like them. Oh, we got a picture of him from Captain N, the Game Master. It's bad. <laughs> oh no. They're always bad. And yeah, I'm always surprised. Oh god, what is this? I don't like this. Are we gonna have to watch this? I really don't want to, but if yeah, I mean, there, me neither. If there so. are specifically Mega Man episodes of it, then I'll watch that. I guess. But, like, my actual pull here, if we wanted to watch another cartoon in the vein of uh, Mega Man, but something that was much shorter and I have on DVD, I would say The Legend of Zelda cartoon is right there. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, though, I think those are shorter episodes, and there are 13 of them. Okay. Because it was part of another show. Right. But. Oh, hey. I just remembered. We have reader email for this episode, right? Oh, I think so. Let me check. Because we didn't do it for the Mega Man 2 episode, because it was about the show. That's right. Rushjetradio at gmail.com. What's that? <laughs> it's where you can email your questions for this podcast that you want answered by us, the world's foremost Mega Man franchise experts. This email comes in from Wadaba, who says, Hi, Super Fighting Robots. I'm not the biggest fan of Mega Man, but I am a big fan of Nora and Curly, so this podcast has been pretty excellent. I'm enjoying it a lot. I eagerly await your coverage of the Mega Man fan film. I'm also excited for that. I have a cursed idea for that. You sent me the trailer for that, right? Yeah. Is your uh, cursed idea for that an MST3K style? Yes, tracks? it absolutely is just doing yeah. an audio commentary track for the Mega Man fan film. Um, I, I don't hate that idea. 
The Ruby Spears cartoon has explored many fetishes over the relatively short amount of time we've been spending with the show. However, there's always room to explore this field further. What fetish would you like to see Mega Man and his friends grapple with in the future? So, we've had... Please, uh, can you speak closer to the to my chest, please? <laughs> <laughs> we've had a lot... Is it is it time? Is it time to, uh, or should we like do that as a roundup at the end of Ruby Spears to make an exhaustive list of all the fetishes covered in oh, Ruby Spears? I don't know. I mean, this, <laughs> look, this is no totally spies. No, that's true. But uh, we got a few. We got hypnosis. We've got reprogramming, which I guess is like dronification. Uh, we've had some giantess stuff. Yep. Well, it's really micro more than macro, because those are different things. Yep. We uh, had uh, babyfication in this episode. Not that, sorry, wait, no. Babyfication is the wrong word. What's th- what's the word? Infantilization? Not this episode, the last one. What? Uh, with, the, with the nipple. Mega Man with the baby bottle. Oh, age play. Age play, that's the word. Um, there's been... Uh, So much. There's like, look, bondage is every episode. That's easy. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's every episode. The thing that you can guarantee for Mega Man is that there will never be any foot stuff because nobody, nobody has any feet. Nobody has feet. <laughs> <laughs> the boots are their feet. The boots are their feet. Uh, it's man. It's mainly been sort of like hypno mind control. Yeah, stuff that takes advantage of the fact that the the robot's consciousness is mutable. Um, bimbofication, I guess we also have. Yes, yes we did, I forgot about that. I I completely forgot about the fucking Planet of the Apes episode. Also... (laughs) The Planet of the Apes part of the Lincoln Memorial episode, let's be real. I think episode two had Force Femme. Hmm... Except that they did it to roll, so... I see. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the clown makeup. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but what new fetish would you like to see introduced? Hmm. This, uh, this feels like a minefield, but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um... I, I know, it's a, bit, it's a big question, right? It is a big question. Um, I feel like I can't... I suddenly can't think of very many. Yeah. And the it's ones I can think of are the ones that we just talked about because mm-hmm. we just talked about them. I, I don't think any of the robots are going to lactate. List of types of <laughs> fanfic. <laughs> oh, I thought you were just going to Google fetishes. I thought about that, but decided against it. Oh, here we go. Here's an article called The Most Common Fetishes in the U.S., Ooh, ex- oh, that's a really good idea. <laughs> um, could you li- could you link me that? <laughs> yeah, it seems very normy. So okay, I guess that makes sense. That's a very normy uh, splash picture. So yeah, here's a, a fetish map of the United States of America where Texas is into whipping, apparently. Is and that a surprise? <laughs> apparently, Missouri, where I currently reside, is into used underwear. Oh, I definitely don't want this show to cover used underwear. 
Let's get some pit stuff in there. Let's get some stuff for the pit perverts. That's what I say. This is also like... This is also like... uh, It's a fetish map of the United States of America, but specifically through the lens of weird ways... uh, Unusual ways to have sex, as opposed to descriptors that would append a fanfic, which is what Mm. we're dealing with here. Mm -hmm. Most popular fetish fanfic types... Well, this is phrased almost like a TV tropes page. <laughs> Aliens make them have sex. That's one. Here's the Huffington Post. Or sorry, Huff Post. Hmm? Uh, article from 2013. 46 sexual fan- fetishes you've never heard of. Oh, excellent. I get, I get an exotic one in. Um... Auctions, beards, begging, beloved enemies. It's, mm-hmm. That's that's hmm. Maybe not for Ruby Spears, but as a as as we get deeper into the sort of more Mega Man X, Mega Man Zero y stuff, you're gonna mm-hmm. you're gonna hear me get pretty mm-hmm. into beloved enemies as a concept. What about X and Evil Zero? You mean? Oh right, like like Maverick Zero, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like that 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 yeah. whole that whole dynamic, how it evolves and how it swaps sides more than once. And then we get That's... like we get really brain genius. We get some Lumine Sigma uh, <laughs> Twink Dom. <laughs> yeah, now you, now we're now we're cooking with gas. <laughs> now we are cooking with gas. Now we're fully charged. Chastity devices? I wouldn't be surprised if something on this show had already been a chastity <sighs> device of some kind. I mean, here's my question to you. Is a muzzle a sapiosexual chastity cage? Thanks for listening to Rush Shit Radio. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at neither nor. <laughs> you can find everything that I do at norblake.online. Currently, where can people find you online? <laughs> Uh, I feel like we didn't give this question the uh, the answer it deserves. I said pit stuff. <laughs> okay, you say pit stuff, I say beloved enemies. All right. You can find me online at twitter.com slash curl underscore e underscore brace or twitch.tv slash curl e brace. At the former, I post tweets usually about the video games that I'm playing or the podcasts I'm about to star on or the things I'm just, just thinking about. And then on Twitch, I stream video games including Mega Man Live. Uh, we're in the pipeline for when to do the one for Mega Man 2, although this podcast will probably be out after Mega Man 2 Live, so don't worry about it. You've probably seen it already. But if you haven't, you can see it on YouTube, where I will put it afterwards, uh, along with the first one, and indeed all of them forever. Nora, uh, did you have anything else you wanted to plug? I know you're on a lot of podcasts. Um... What people should do is they should go to normalmapping.com, look for Journal Updated, and listen to the three-hour and 12-minute Mass Effect 2 episode that we recorded this week. Uh, By the time you hear this, it'll be up. Uh, It's actually going up in less than 48 hours as of this recording. Uh, Molly and I played Mass Effect 2, so you don't have to, to quote, uh, you know, our our favorite media critic. Uh, But, um... 
that game's reprehensible garbage, and we played through it because we did we do a podcast about video games where you make choices, and uh, it's bad. That's the thing is that you know somebody has to play the shitty games that suck ass, and this time it was you. This time it's me. I am the new generation of people who play the shitty games that suck ass. Um, in like a 35 hour RPG, there's two hours of that game that are really fun. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I have to say uh, about that. And like, the thing is that the things, like, it's not like, I don't know. You have to forget about the parts of it that are bad to enjoy those parts because the thing is that the things that are bad about it run through the whole thing at all times. Um, I think that those two hours being a DLC kind of separate it a great deal. Um, And really the best parts of that are, oh, this is Attack of the Clones. We're just doing Attack of the Clones right now. (laughs) Is 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 that DLC the Lair of the Shadow Broker? Yes. Yeah, I remember that being, you know, pretty good. But then I remembered Mass Effect 2 being pretty good, and it isn't, so... It was just, it's just very fun. Um, yeah. I like bio- the, uh, I like the vocal filter they use for the Shadow Broker. In a game full of vocal filters, <laughs> that one is good. The thing about the Shadow Broker is that Bioware, somebody in Bioware, like, played either Sands of Time or Last of Us, and was like, oh, we can do that. <laughs> um, and and turns Liara into like a Liara and Shepard into like banter machines, and it works pretty well. So. Okay. Don't I'm not recommending you play Mass Effect Two, but I am recommending you listen to the three hour podcast and <laughs> Mass Effect Two. I mean, I we talked the last time we talked about Mass Effect Two. Steam told me I'd spent 150 hours playing it or whatever, and three is a lot less than 150. So mm-hmm. you should listen to Journal Updated, dear listener. Yeah. Uh, that's it for this episode of Rush Shit Radio. You know what that sure. means. Now, now you've got our podcast? Now you've got our podcast. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs>